Welcome to Cowl Fans, a popped off production. We're coming at you from Tampa, Florida. I'm your host, Alurumor. I'm Haller. And we had a really eventful weekend with the Outlaws jersey retirement and the first victory at home and the Hero Pool selection. But mm. I want us to start off by talking about our hometown boys, the Florida Mayhem. Because we didn't really perform quite as well as we expected this weekend. Um, yes, yes and no. Um, we played at London about as close as I thought we would. Unfortunately, we didn't get the W, but, and then, uh, New York, I thought would go different, but it did feel like a revitalized New York. A lot of their issues that they had past weeks that I thought we could exploit were suddenly gone. Thank you, New York, for deciding to get your stuff together now. I love, yeah, thanks guys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, t- uh, a very mayhem weekend. <laughs> a very mayhem weekend, indeed. Yeah, I agree. I thought New York looked exceptionally clean this weekend. Yeah. They look like they could uh, hang with a lot of the top dogs now, where before they couldn't. Libero seems to bring um, some much-needed stability and, for lack of a better word, intelligence to the main position, right? Yep. He's just... Who are you is a flashy fragger right he's very aggro he's gonna get aggressive he's gonna go after kills he's gonna try to make sick plays um that's not really what you want out of your may player you want your may player protecting your reinhardt um peeling freezing like letting people come into you and then freezing them um and that's 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 how liberal played it was it was very intelligent um mono shifted right back to old new york style they played a much more defensive style which we saw this weekend was successful in games like paris eternal versus the atlanta rain where the atlanta rain's aggression was constantly punished by xc and nico and the whole paris squad um it just it seems to work better um and it worked better in in that new york game yeah i uh honestly i didn't feel like it was a i felt like it was a return maybe to form but i didn't feel like it was an entire returning to the new york passive style i felt like they still showed that they have this ability to be aggressive and defensive together which is Mm -hmm. the past few weeks they've been really emphasizing that aggression True. Yeah. It really reminds. Guess, yeah, it's more of like a mix now. Yeah. Right. It really reminds me of how when you're teaching somebody to do something, you tell you show them how to do it more than they need to, and then dial it back a little bit. That's really what it felt like happened. We spent two weeks overdoing it, and now we've dialed mm-hmm. it back, and we've got a we've got a nice sweet yeah. spot for New York. It really felt like, and uh, uh, I'm needing input here. It really felt to me like Mono was bullying Karyon most of that game. Is that yeah. is that just um, me? No, I felt the same way. Okay. Um, I got some heat on it on Twitter for, <laughs> for mentioning it. Um, and though I do think Karyon over the weekend improved a lot when he... Re- I think the New York game was a bit of an epiphany for him. Um, I think he was able to gain a lot of confidence that he didn't have going into that match. Right. Um, and by the time he went up against London, he looked the most comfortable I've seen him. Um, but Karyon in general has had a problem with taking space and taking initiative, mm. right? He, he never really seems to hit the W key. Like he'll play around a corner, like swinging his hammer. And the first thing he does when he comes out with his shield, he doesn't just like come out and put his shield up. He like comes out and like hops backwards and then is already like 
all this space that you just took by playing this corner, he like backs away from it. Mm. So our our team is always at more of a disadvantage because Karyon isn't taking the initiative to take space. Um, he was very hesitant to swing his hammer has been a big issue for him. Um, a Reinhardt never really has to feel scared about Karyon. Um, as like, cause he's never really going to do anything. He's never going to suddenly charge at you. He's never going to swing his hammer. He's just going to stand there with his shield. And this is more carry on beginning of the week than end of the week. I think he fixed a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's kind of this, this style he was playing like early on to the King's row match, which is where I think he really learns a lot. Um, which impressive for him to learn a lot from just one professional match. Um, he goes into our attack. He gets a five-man shatter on all of the New York Excelsior except Mono, right? And Mono's, like, right on top of him. Right. And he just holds his shield. He literally doesn't swing his hammer once. And I'm just like, Karyon, the hammer goes through your shield. There's no damage to block from projectiles because you literally just shattered them all. Swing charge do something mm-hmm. do something <laughs> yeah like you have the you have the advantage you have healers he doesn't like you're literally the only person who's going to be taking damage right now like just swing your hammer um when he was forced into these overtime situations on king's row the dude came up big um he was the only reason we were competitive in that match really um he hit some big shatters he had some big charges he was swinging his hammer and he looked great when he like finally decided that he was allowed to play that aggro style but it took it took a while for him to just feel like he had that confidence um there were still some issues with taking space throughout the rest of the weekend um he also has a weird habit of like strafing um instead of like pressing w or like maybe he doesn't want to go backwards but he still feels scared about like going forward he'll just like strafe Mm. he'll keep strafing to a side and then they'll just sh- earth shatter the entire team behind him because he like strafed Left off him open. an angle where he's taking where he's protecting nobody um so yeah he, he he's felt very bullyable even like back like i felt like he lost to muma when we were playing outlaws and we dominated them um but he didn't feel like he was winning that one-to-one in the rhyme um some improvement to be sure but still still a bit of work left for uh for Karyon to be a uh high level tank in the overwatch league yeah yep i uh think that's very fair um speaking of us bullying the outlaws the outlaws didn't quite get bullied as bad this week they had their first victory at home which i think is about the only place the outlaws had a chance of getting that first victory that they desperately needed yeah i think having the crowd behind them and I don't know if it was just a crowd mic, but that sounded like the most intense crowd we've had. It really did. It was nuts. Right? It was a super, super hype crowd. Um, they were they were into everything. They were giving all their love to their Houston Outlaws team, which they desperately needed. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it seemed like it, it really paid off. Um, they did make some key switches, like Linkser was playing... Um, was playing your hit, hit scan, scan role. <laughs> Hallelujah. No more Blase because Blase did not look good. Um, but they did when they did play Blase, they played Blase and Dante as Sombra Fist as the Hack Fist. And it, it looked, looked clean. 
Like yeah. their dive looks awesome. Their hack fist was really, really, really strong. Um, their May McCree still isn't the best, but definitely better than it was, right? Right. Um, they, I mean, they were able to beat Toronto with it, um, at least on one map. So they things are looking a lot better for the Houston Outlaws, which looks a lot worse for the Florida Mayhem. <laughs> That's true. Because it's starting to feel like like there is this bottom tier and like now it's just like Boston and then you've got London, Toronto, Washington, um, ourselves, Houston. Like this is the bottom of the pack and we all look pretty competitive. So these ne- upcoming weeks are going to be important of how we can differentiate ourselves from these teams because we don't like the first half of the year is playing the Atlantic division. We won't get a chance to, okay, well maybe we'll be better than Houston by stage four. Like this is, this is it, you know, this is going to be a huge impact on our standings. And I think the Pacific division is going to be a lot tougher for us. So it's important that we get our stuff together sooner rather than later. If we want to shot at play-ins and to be a upper tier team, at least a mid-tier team. The Outlaws also enjoyed a special ceremony this weekend as they retired Jake's jersey. They sure did. They sure did. So. Um, I'm against it. Yeah. I didn't like it. Seemed silly. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife pointed out that it would have been a much cooler jersey retirement event if they had hoisted it up in the middle of the arena like they do in Blades of Glory. Which is a Will Ferrell movie. I think I've I think I've actually seen that one. I think that was like we watched it on a on a marching band bus. <laughs> it seems it seems, yes, like the kind of thing that would have happened on a marching band bus. And I was it it just it didn't seem very purposeful. It seemed like it was a I mean, I guess it seemed purposeful. It seemed very much like the Houston Outlaws were trying to generate some positive hype for themselves. And I assume that for something like a Jersey retirement, they have to have Overwatch League approval. So probably Overwatch League trying to get some people who really liked to watch Jake play, come back and watch this thing. But it just... uh. I mean, I think Mm. this is, out of all the Jersey retirements and number retirements we've seen so far in the uh, Overwatch League, I actually like this one the best. Not to say that I agree with it, because I still don't think that it should have happened. But this is the one that I've been the most okay with. Wait, have we had Uh, other Jersey retirements? Did I miss them? Yes. Um, Ruje Hong for Soul Dynasty had his jersey retired. Um, And then London Spitfire retired all of the inaugural season champions. Prophet, Gesture, Bedosin, um, Bird Ring, um, Nuss. What? I missed yeah. all of that. Fury, and then I think even Closer <laughs> got in there too. Um, literally, like all six or seven of them got their jerseys retired, which is stupid. That's the stupidest one. That's that's I, really bad. I can't stand that one. Like, literally, no team in there's no precedence in any sport for an entire team getting their jerseys retired. No. Like, maybe if you were a championship team that died in a plane accident. That's the only time I could see it even possible. <laughs> That's awful to even think like, about. Let's, like, let's... it would have to be, like, some kind of, like, tragedy to say, we're going to retire literally the entire team, right? Yeah. It just, 
it feels weird and it, but at least jake retired and it wasn't like we don't want you anymore because for soul dynasty in london they let those players go yeah and then you're just going to retire their jersey because your fans are mad that they're leaving and you're trying to assuage the fans i hate that at least jake was a leadership figure in this organization and just in the, the overwatch of in general two years yeah um, and he was a, a significant player. Granted, I I think Jake, outside of stage one of the inaugural season, was not that good. He was more of a liability than a um, benefit to the Houston Outlaws organization because you always needed his leadership, but he sucked. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, what's more important, Jake and the team leading or Jake kind of throwing because he can't play any of these heroes up? at a high level except maybe like Farah and Junkrat. Right. Yeah, I uh I did I, I didn't not, love it, but it was it was all right. I had not realized that all of those other jerseys had been retired. Yeah. Um I'm going to move on now. I don't have a good response. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish you to I understand now why you thought it was weird that I was talking about it when I told you my notes. Mm-hmm. I had I was missing information here. I guess yeah, it felt like it didn't get talked about much until this one. I don't maybe it's because Jake has just always been a figure in the Overwatch. Jake, Jake is a like very a visible off. figure. Yeah. Um, um. It whether people were hating on him or loving on him. Um. Yes. Whether you were an Outlaws fan or not, you had some indication of who Jake was and what was going on. Because yep. he was in all the Omen by HP commercials, which, mm-hmm. by the way, haven't seen any of those this year, which does not feel good. Legends of Soul Guard on Omen by HP. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just just all in all, less than ideal. Um, mm-hmm. So we had an Atlanta Rain team that people have yeah. been power ranking in their top threes. That yes, looked very, very high. That looked way up and then way down. Yeah. Um, I think we learned a lot about the Toronto Defiant this weekend. And <laughs> when 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 Atlanta Rain killed them, you were like, oh wow! Atlanta Rain, whoa, look at them. They just this team just took it to the Philadelphia Fusion and Atlanta Rain just rolled them. Yeah. And then Atlanta and then Toronto kind of gets destroyed by the Houston Outlaws. Um, yep and then you're like oh that's kind of less impressive and then atlanta rain meets the paris eternal who i think is a very good team but by most people's expectation atlanta rain should have been stomping them right right um i think that's a little bit of an underestimation of paris i think paris is can take it to teams like philadelphia fusion new york excelsior um but they they definitely didn't look like this world world beater this team that's been off for four weeks and is ready to just right outstrat everybody and just crush the competition no they, and they paris takes it paris takes it right out from under them they only took yeah. one map it wasn't yep it was it was fairly close even though it was still a 3-1 yeah it was at least a close 3-1 it was it was the best overwatch we saw all weekend for sure <laughs> Um, but they definitely, definitely some vulnerabilities, right? Um, Baby Bay had a little trouble slapping hard. He got, he got shut down a lot by Exe. Um, Erster's a god, just 
yeah holy crap that kid is good <laughs> it's 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 really not fair how good erster is <laughs> um and it's uh, and crazy how how close the game was despite how good erster was um especially going up against aniko he, he was still able to stand out and it's and it makes me wonder about a lot of the pieces of atlanta rain if they were upgraded how good, good this team would look um yeah just because of how good erster was um they still they still had a lot of positives i think but definitely you know not 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 the team that 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 was promised that's true it didn't feel like a top three like you said top three in the overwatch league they didn't even feel top three in the atlantic division, division. right, right. <laughs> new, new york division. felt like they might have been a top three in our in the conference now but when yeah. they didn't last week yeah um, atlanta did not feel like one of them yeah um, they're lucky that their schedule should be a bit easier for them next week, so they should be able to rack up some wins on some weaker teams. But um, I, I think hero pools are going to work better for them as well. Um, yeah, they got a pretty they, deep they, roster, they looked don't they? better when they played the double shield tank, right? I don't understand why they played double shield tank one day and then played the meta the next. Like, really weird i don't know if that was a strat because they felt like toronto was going to run more dive against them so they were trying to play anti-dive i'm not really um, sure but it, it was weird to see them totally change styles from day to day um i think it's a good thing that they have different styles that they can show so that when hero pools come in and this may mccree meta disappears um they they should be able to adapt to new looks right um but but yeah just um a little underwhelming well you said w when hero pools come in but i think you mean now that hero pools are here whoa whoa <laughs> yeah yeah if this was watch point i would make a joke about how good that segue was <laughs> well uh, at least we're not watch point so that joke wasn't made <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hero pools are here. We had the hero pool yes. draw last night live, which will probably never be live again, but honestly should be because... That, was that something that was said? I didn't watch the... Yes, they yes. Okay. They said they were doing it live just so that people could see that it was truly being randomized, and Uber spent the entire time talking about how someone's going to tell me I didn't shuffle this up enough, or that people <laughs> being blindfolded drawing into a bag of shuffled things isn't a good enough way to be truly random. And he's like, well, look, this is as random as it gets, you people. And basically just spent his whole Didn't time Nate talking Nanzer about that. used to have, like, a little ball machine that would, like, pop up things. Couldn't they just get the ball machine back? So they, get the ball machine back. So they didn't do the ball machine. And I think it was good that they didn't do the ball machine, first off, because the last time they used the ball machine, people started reading and figuring out what was on the balls. And, and that was for map draws. And they learned that not every – it was for one of the playoffs or finals map draws. Remember that? Yep. And they yeah, learned no, that I'm, not every I'm map was actually available. Out there. <laughs> they learned that not every map was actually in that ball machine. And they yep. got super mad. I mean, I'm, I'm not against having that accountability for the league. Right. So um, – this they had they had one of the like card shufflers the little cages that you can spin around oh okay and uh and uber pulled out 
eight of ev eight cards for every hero that was on the chopping block and dumped them into the machine in front of everybody he said look these cards are Reinhardt cards these cards are diva cards and said so they're all in there everybody <laughs> this is real we're really picking them right and uh, then they did a live draw, and everybody on the desk took turns drawing. So Reinforce drew the tank, and Kesta drew the support, and then Mr. X drew the two damage. Want to, want to, want to let us know what those hero pools are? How did those draws end up? So those draws ended up with uh, Reinhardt, Moira, uh -huh. McCree, uh -huh. and Widowmaker. So those four heroes will be unavailable this next week. Um, so the two big ones that we've been seeing a lot of are obviously Reinhardt and McCree. We've been seeing yeah. much less Moira and Widowmaker. Yep. Yeah, we, we definitely. Um, the threshold was 10%. So if a character yes. got 10% sure play time over the past two weeks, they were in the draw. Yeah, um, I don't love that. Why? Um, well, if you if you look at the player usage, so you had your six heroes that had over 50% usage, and then if I remember the chart right, all the other heroes that were basically in at 10%. There was like another six heroes that were to, between 10 and 11%. Let me see if I can find it. But... That just, I don't know. This it, it doesn't feel like hero pools are serving the purpose that they're supposed to be serving when we're banning these ten percent heroes. Like they're barely squeaking in. Um, so I, yeah, I you like had the threshold should maybe be at least twenty. You had ten feels a little too low. You had <laughs> six over fifty percent heroes and four ten yep. percent heroes. Yeah, so literally barely met the requirements. Where meanwhile, Diva, 94%, right? Like May, what's May? Like 80-something percent? Yeah, 84. Um, yeah, like these crazy high-usage heroes. And the entire purpose of Hero Pools, when it was explained to us, was not only, it was to attack the meta, and then, so these the idea was, these heroes get played a stink ton in the Overwatch League. They get thrown away into into these hero pools where they're not going to be used the balance team says how do i fix this hero and then says here's some nerfs or whatever they need to do and then they throw it on to the servers and then the next time that this hero goes live in the overwatch league they're no longer um they're, they're no longer as broken as they were or as meta impactful as they were because they've since been balanced while they've been gone sure but, Moira and Widowmaker don't need to be balanced. I disagree. Okay. Not that Moira and Widowmaker don't need to be balanced. I really don't think that they do. I yeah. uh, disagree with the premise of your argument. Okay. And here's why. Here's why, right? Because, first off, a week's worth of time really is unlikely to get the right buffs or the right nerfs. Even if they aggressively buff them or nerf them, which I'm expecting at least one of those heroes to get some sort of adjustment. Mm -hmm. Even if they do that pretty aggressively and get those worked out and sent out really fast. I'm not convinced at this point that it's going to be enough to make people want to go away from these practiced strats that they've been getting used to. 
right? And with a guaranteed unable to be banned the next week, right? So Reinhardt McCree got banned this week, which means the next week, first off, they're probably not going to make it. Well, they could still make it to the they could still 10%. Be even with, no, they cannot. They cannot be banned two weeks in a row. Wait, did they say that last yes. night? Yes, that was not something that was said before. It, it said they was. could be banned up to two weeks, but two weeks was the maximum. No, no, no. They cannot be banned two weeks in a row. That's been in every publication since huh. the beginning of this. It was on the okay. Overwatch League website when they first announced it. Because we had this conversation a few podcasts ago when we were talking about it because you didn't think that either. And then we had to look it up. I was like, look, there it is. Hmm. Okay. Um, so they cannot be banned two weeks in a row. So I think if you wind up banning all of the most used heroes, even in the best case scenario where they work out a nerf for every single one of them, I think the next mm -hmm. week when they become unbanned, we wind up just seeing them all back again. And we just wind up with two rotating metas. I don't think that's good. Don't think that's helpful. I think taking out one or two of the key pieces of these metas, right? Reinhardt and McCree are staples in this current meta. Just pulling, sure. just pulling those two out, I think is going to be enough to totally change how these compositions look. There's a real chance that May doesn't see hardly any usage next week just because of the way this meta shakes out. It's not a guarantee, yeah. but it's a real possibility. And so I think being able to just pull out one or two of the real core heroes and then pull out one or two of the cheese strat heroes that get pulled in as special occasions means you end up really reworking the whole thing week to week and I to week. I think it might come down to how teams actually approach hero pools. Mm -hmm. Are they really going to try to find a new meta or are they just going to pick the second best meta that they've already been practicing, right? Like, are we going to try to say, okay, we already know May's really <clears throat> strong. Our entire meta has been based around May. Let's go back to like, let's do like a Risha Diva and there's no Moira, right? So maybe we go back to that Reaper May um and then we like just keep our supports as they have been right do we right. try to still keep it a a um similar to what the meta was in the past and play around these key pieces that we still have or do we say well we've already been practicing sombra doom on like escort and assault maps we are already really practiced at it since we can't play this one comp that we're strong at let's go ahead and go back and play this other comp that we're already practiced at, that we know works. I think we're going to find... not have to worry about discovering a new meta. Right. I think what we're going to really find is that teams are going to do a little bit of both of those things. Yeah. Um, I think if we... I think a lot of it will show in coaching strength, too. Right. I think we're going to see teams do a little bit of both of those things. I think if we had... Like, if the top... If the top for everything had been banned on here, so Diva was gone, Lucio was gone, May and McCree were gone, I think we would okay. have seen, you know, that's just literally pulling the top ones. Mm -hmm. I think we would be seeing just rotating metas. I think we wouldn't see any of this current comp this week. We'd see whatever other comps we have that work. And then I think next week we'd be right back to our, for the most part, you know, Reinhardt, unless Reinhardt stayed in, you know, next the next right. week. But I think we'd be right back to where we started, which kind of defeats the purpose. I think you really have to give people some flexibility in here mm. and really have to make it so that only a handful of the core pieces are missing yeah to really create that diversity that is the per point of this now the widowmaker band definitely made things interesting mm -hmm. yes it did because this is gonna these are the two most used hit scan yeah heroes widow kind of felt outright. like the mccree backup so now like the backup to what you were already gonna play for your hit scan is gone so it's like 
Do you just play flankers? Do we go back to Reaper? Do we Does play Ash? Ash? See the light of day? <laughs> uh, the desk spent like, the whole time talking about legs, by which they meant Soldier 76. Does he finally come back? The legs! <laughs> so, uh, there's a lot of interesting things that are happening because Widowmaker got banned, right? Because we have both of our top used hit scans gone. We're going to yep. see something unique in the hit scan role. And I think this is ultimately good. Um, Ho hopefully we see something unique or because Moira's banned, it's just going to bring out Reaper. Yeah. I mean, or we and... could, <laughs> could, could we see people run double, um, not run hit scan? I think that's a real pro Just run double projectile. Um, I think you can, I think that's totally possible. I think on, on certain maps. Yeah. Like Ilios, I think a Doomfist Farah could probably slap. That would be awesome. And that's really so not something we get a chance to see. Yeah. So I think it'll be really cool. Really cool. It'll be really interesting. Um, and really kind of, I feel like the power rankings are going to get thrown out the window because the over Overwatch is changing as a game. Um, and now it's going to be more about adaptability and teams that have been slow to adapt. Like I'm worried for teams like the Houston Outlaws who took literally three weeks to get their stuff together. Yeah, you're not gonna have three weeks to get your stuff together again. It's it's every week. It's gonna be something new, and you need to you need to hit the ground running. Yep, I think another thing that will play into this too is not even necessarily, um, how quickly you adapt because right now this week it's gonna be about who adapts the fastest to the next thing. But I think yeah. if this if this progresses the way they intend, what it's really gonna wind up to is which teams are able to really lean into their individual capabilities the best, not even necessarily adapt, just go, okay, um, Doom, Doomfist is out, so that means so-and-so who's really strong on the Doomfist, we're just not going to play them, we're going to lean on so-and-so's strength. And poor just, Chipsa. Poor Chipsa. And they're just going to ruin, <laughs> and they're just going to move these pieces around right. and really lean into their strengths, and, and I think that's going to wind up being the teams that are the strongest at the end of the day. I think yeah. right now it's going to be all about who adapts the fastest. I think uh, a month from now, I think it's going to be about who knows themselves the best mm. rather than who adapts the fastest. Because uh, it's okay. just, it's really not enough time. It's really not enough time to fully develop what the strongest pieces are going to be. No. That's the point, I think. Your, your and, scrim partners are going to be super important mm -hmm. um and i think we can see the issue of bad teams not getting scrims get exasperated um <clears throat> just because that was always already an issue and now the value of a scrim is going to be so much more important you need to feel like you're going up against a good team who makes smart decisions right um so that you can learn the meta the best because if you just play boston uprising the whole time and beat them up on whatever the crap they're playing and then realize oh hey this actually doesn't work against real teams. Yeah, um, you're gonna be you're gonna be disappointed. So I think quality scrims are gonna be even more important, which can mean the uh, the difference between the top and the bottom could just grow larger because make, they don't want to scrim each other. Make a twelve man roster, scrim internally, stop relying oh, yeah. on other people. True. You can't if you're having trouble getting quality scrims, hire a quality scrim team. True. That's that's the answer. Teams have struggled with that for all of eternity, even though everyone who's not 
directly involved in the Overwatch League. It's felt like that. That's a good idea. It just hasn't happened. We'll see. Maybe it'll happen. <laughs> Esports people have gotten in their own heads and are wrong. Hmm. Okay. There. There you have it. Allure hot takes. Yeah. <laughs> Game of the week next week. Next week, we're going back to Washington, D.C. because... We're not American enough in the Overwatch League just playing the Western teams. No, no. We have Corey to go to Washington, D.C. twice. Corey Corey won. We got to give him another chance to win. <laughs> <laughs> At home. <laughs> Let us play the Uprising. <laughs> Spoiler alert, they played the Uprising. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that at all. <laughs> I need a minute here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Anyways, you have a game of the week for us, and it is. Yeah, so, I mean, next week is going to be pretty exciting just because of hero pools in general. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely the marquee matchup is going to be the Paris Eternal versus the um, Philadelphia Fusion. Oh, yeah, right? after Paris's performance this past week? Yeah. That's we were it. all expecting, like, Atlanta. It was going to be Atlanta <clears throat> and Philly, right? That's kind of what people were expecting coming into the season with New York, obviously, in the conversation. and. They're still there, I think. I think um, they deserve it right now. They didn't deserve yeah. it last week, but they deserve it right but now. But other than New York, Paris and Philly are looking like your top dogs. And they're going to get to go head-to-head. -head. And I think this is going to be not cool. I don't think it's going to be not cool. I think it's going to be cool not just because <clears throat> of these are two of the top teams, but also because this is going to be the first week that Hero Pools are coming into play. So I think we're going to see two different approaches to hero pools as well. Um, I think on the Philadelphia yeah. Fusion side, you're going to see roster depth. Um, I think you might see some new players that we haven't been seeing played come in. Maybe you see an EQO Doomfist if it is a double projectile meta, right? Or an EQO Chipsa. I literally just called Chips a Doomfist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like maybe you see different combinations of players that we haven't seen up until this point. Um, because they have such a deep bench. That could be really cool to see from the Philadelphia Fusion side. Um, but Philadelphia Fusion has seemed to always kind of like focus on one strat, at least so far. Maybe that changes with Hero Pools, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just decide on one meta, they decide on these six players, and they play them the entire time. Versus the Paris Eternals, who have already been willing to show very cool looks. Like, they're, oh, yeah. The reason that Diva isn't ninety four isn't like ninety nine point nine percent player usage is literally just because of the Paris Eternal, basically, and it's a little true. bit of the Atlanta Rain. But um, we don't want to talk about the, the Rain right now. The only other really variations we've seen on the meta up until this point in the tank aspect is double shield. You'll see Reinhardt Arissa instead yeah. of your Diva. But, but there's no Reinhardt team that's been playing every off tank. Well, except Roadhog, but they've played Sigma seriously. They've played Zarya very seriously. And both times they played these off tanks, they actually won those maps. It's yeah. not like when Dallas Field tried it and Note just looked like he was throwing, right? Um, these... They look practice on these weird strats and they work when they bring out their Symmetra strats. When they do these weird things, it looks good. <laughs> so I'm excited to see, like, 
I'm, I'm just a big fan of Coach Rush in general. Like, he's always been able to play off meta and not have it look stupid. Mm. And I think that ability to just understand the game at such a fundamental level and understand how to make compositions work and coach your team your team effectively to execute that in the game is going to be a huge thing coming into hero pools. Um, where I also think having a deep roster that you can play on your team strength, depending on who's banned band or who's in hero pools on a week to week basis is going to be a huge thing as well. And I think Philadelphia and Paris are basically the two poster child for these two different strengths that I see coming into hero pools. And we're going to get to see them go head to head. And yeah. they're both really good teams. This should be hype as heck. I'm so pumped for this. It should game. be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. Another two teams that we're excited to see are Florida versus Toronto. Yes. Which is literally two teams that we both enjoy a great deal. Yeah, these are these are these are my two favorite teams. Um like these teams are both. I mean, a lot of mayhem fans in general like the Toronto Defiant because they have logics, right? Mm-hmm. Um so they've they've carried over a lot of that fandom. Um, but something that's going to be really interesting here is we're literally tied in the standings. We're both one and three, and we both have the same map differential. So someone's moving up yeah, <laughs> at the end of true. this game. And we're, it's both the only, we're each other's only match that week. It's not like Defiant has to play the next day, Mayhem plays the next day. Right. This is it. That's it. Um, and I think both of us have a lot to prove, right? Um, Toronto, we both had a bad weekend. Yep. Um, Toronto maybe more so than us, but Toronto has had higher highs and we've have yet to hit. We haven't taken a team like Philadelphia Fusion to map five. We just got rolled and smoked by New York. Um, so it's really interesting to see how this is going to play out. Um, a lot of, we were both going to have something to prove. It's, it's a new meta it's hero pools. Things are going to be different. Um, I'm a little I'm I'm a little bit of scared of Toronto because of that. Like yeah. Nevix is known to be a very flexible player. I think Hero Pools are going to suit him well, even though he's probably just gonna be playing Diva. And Logics um, is king of the tracers if they wanted Logics to run a dive. Is really good at flankers. Surefour can literally play every hero in the game. Mm-hmm. Like even if he had to play projectile, he could do it, right? Yeah. Um just super, super talented all around. Um I feel a little bit good if we if May is still meta because I don't love Yaki or Agility's May. Um, okay. I think Yaki is very mechanically skilled. I didn't bring this up earlier, but he seems to struggle like what Ivy used to struggle back in last year's Toronto Defiant, where mechanically skilled player makes some bad decisions, like blizzards that catch nobody, come out at odd times. Yeah. He gets picked off a lot because he's not with his team. He's He's getting a little too over aggressive and over excited, going for too many risky angles and getting punished. Right. Um, so I think if May stays meta, like I worry for both these teams, so at least they kind of cancel each other out. <laughs> Chris and Kellex both are probably the two worst Lucios in the league, so that feels good. <laughs> like that we don't have that big disparity that we usually have in the main support role. Yeah. Um, so it, I think it, it, this one should be exciting. This one should be close. And I usually feel, have a strong opinion of which way this match should go. I don't really have one. I think this one could go either way. Yeah. It should be pretty tight. 
I think it's really going to be dependent on, I think it's really going to depend on how we use BQB. I think BQB's play in this is going to be the linchpin for whether or not Florida does well or not. And it's not yeah. even really a whether or not we use BQB on Sombra. It's whether or not we use BQB, because obviously he's a fantastic Sombra. I think it's just whether or not we yeah. use BQB in a really strong position. I think, um, golly, who's our other DPS player? Saya, Yaki. Yaki. I think Yaki is just holding his own pretty okay. And I think yeah. that's pretty much all we can expect from Yaki right now. It, Yaki could turn out some sort of hero Although he slaps when he gets to play Doomfist. When you right. get to put him on like an actual pro, like carry projectile, right. Dude shows up. <laughs> right. And so like a hack fist where we get to yeah. let BQB would be amazing. Or really just anything where BQB can shine. Um, I don't know if BQB has a tracer or anything, but I don't see Saya coming in at all with no McCree nor Widowmaker. That seems no, unlikely. Unless Soldier's meta or something, I could see Saya. Yeah, that's, that, about that's about it. Um, and then that would be, uh, we're going to use Soldier this whole time, and that would be really limiting. Um, two hit scans being banned on the same week is really bad when you have a super super hit scan like Saya player on your team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's going to hit a lot of teams pretty hard. Yeah, it really is. Um, and the teams that it doesn't hit hard are really the teams who are already fantastic and didn't need to not be hit hard. Although, I'll admit, I just totally forgot that the hero named Hanzo exists, so I think hitscan players are going to be fine. They're just going to play Hanzo, like just, your Corys and Carpes of the world. But... <laughs> sure, Cory can play a good Hanzo, and Carpe like, oh, can yeah. play a good Hanzo, but... I think they're gonna play Ash? Wait, never mind, Hanzo exists. They're just gonna play Hanzo. <laughs> right, um, but I'm not... I don't remember... I don't remember Saya player's Hanzo being exciting. It was good in Stage 4. It was... Okay, like, there it is. Like we were playing... BKB was on May, and Saya was on Hanzo. That's right. He was slapping. That's right. Um, but, like, I know they've got... I know they used to put Hanzo as the projectile heroes rather than as the projectile player rather than the hitscan player. And yeah. we've got some projectile people out there who are really good at Hanzo too. And so yep. it may, it, there's just a lot of different ways this could go. It'll be exciting to see. But I think BQB yeah. is the, I think BQB I, is I the agree. piece. I agree with that. I think how you play BQB is going to be the most important thing. Um, I think it'll be interesting. I think we're probably going to see Fate next week. That seems likely. Uh, Karyon's really uh, been a Ryan Hart. a Ryan. Like, I think he's... He's our Arissa, he's our Winston, he's our Ball. Like, I think I think Fate comes in. So that'll be cool. Ooh, I, Ball. Yeah. That could be fun. I, I think Taimu was um, suggesting that you're going to probably see Winston and Ball probably equally is what his prediction for the meta is. We'll see if it shakes out that way. But he was seeing, like, Winston, Ball, Diva, Dive. Hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah. Could you do a ball hack and fist? Would that be Fate weird? Fate has a really good ball. Like early on in like the like 2019 World Cup after the hero just came out, he played a lot of ball. He looked really good. Yeah. What was your question again? I said, could you do a ball hack fist? Yeah. I feel like that'd be slick. Easy. Hack the target that you're going for and then pile drive on top of that. Right. Yeah, that feels really you can't get away. Yeah. Florida yeah. Mayhem needs to play Ball Hack Fist. Done. Beat the Deviant. I'm going to look sick. Um, <laughs> I think BKB needs to step up a little bit on this Sombra. Um, yeah, he had some slow builds. Good, but it hasn't been as great. Like, 
when we played Hackfist the other day, like he got forced to use his EMP on like a primal raging Winston. Like he's been having trouble setting up his EMPs to be big. Yeah. Um, and it's mostly just kind of been Yaki carrying. So I want to see a little bit more out of him. His Sombra has always felt a little underwhelming compared to what we're promised, right? Yeah. Like the best Sombra player in Korea. Haven't really seen that level of Sombra play. Not to say his Sombra play has been bad. It just hasn't been the best Sombra player in Korea. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Dante has looked better. Um, yeah. It, it just, I want a little bit more from him. Yep. Yep. So, wow. What a great show we had today. Mm-hmm. I felt good. This is a good feeling episode. <laughs> oh, we had some, some good times. We had some laughter. I learned that I know nothing about Jersey retiring. It's just been a great day. It's just been a great day. Yep. Yeah. So that's all the time that we've got today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Big thank you to Popped Off for all of their support and their help. They're the reason we're on the podcasting platforms that we are on. And we appreciate that. Remember, we're available on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Make sure to follow us on socials for whatever we post on socials. I'm Allure Moore. Mallory. And you have been tuned into Cal fans. We'll see you next week. <laughs>